Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot round! I don't. What is hot round? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob! This is it! The man who got us here. You ready? You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide-open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. Are you gonna get me the oh, ball? Oh, I'm getting you the ball! Get me the ball! Get me the ball! Get me the I hope he didn't kill somebody. The inches we need are everywhere around us. They're in every break of the game, every minute, every second. On this team, we fight for that itch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that inch. We claw with our fingernails for that inch. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's gonna make the difference between winning and losing. Between living and dying. I got a whole lot of money, y'all it for me, bottle keep popping that water Welcome into another jam-packed episode, episode three of 11 Personnel, where we are talking the latest in UK football, and there's a lot to talk about because camp has started, Adam Luckett. How you doing, Nick Roush? I'm, I'm doing well. You had a busy week, my man. Yeah, yeah. A weekend, I should say, slash week going Just, on this week. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was busy at the football field, and you know, even when I just want to talk Kentucky football, I get to fighting with Lamar Jackson and Louisville <laughs> fans try to fight me. It's so it's been it's been a little crazy, but I've I've thoroughly enjoyed every hey, second. You're at of it. the point you're at the point in your life where you now you can have humble brags. Oh, be nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's one of those two where like, um, it was also really weird that one of the things that Louisville fans were mad about at me about was how are you going to make fun of somebody that's younger than you? It's like, oh shit, Lamar Jackson's younger than me, <laughs> like. <laughs> Dude, dude's doing just fine. He's got a nice, he he's made a couple million dollars. He's got a Heisman trophy. He he's going to be doing just fine. And I'm doing just fine because I get to hang out and talk ball for about 45 minutes. And well, he took the bait and you just had to you had to oh, no. you had it was, to hit. It was on a tee, you it was, had to hit it. It was irresistible. Yeah, I you understand. Know, I probably would have done the same thing. And, and it's like if if you're a Louisville fan and Anthony Davis tweets at you, are you not going to tweet back? Of course you are. It's probably not going to be as good as when I tweeted back, though. Yeah. So, so you know. Well, Anthony Best Davis didn't fumble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he 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 beat Louisville. That was the difference. Yeah. When it mattered Twice. Most. Yes. I'm sure Lamar did, but he couldn't win the close ones. When the close one, when it came close, he choked. Mm-hmm. People forget that. People forget that. So, I just got to remind him. Just got to remind him. Um, but I did all that reminding after a busy week around Kroger Field. Um and it's it really has been 
considering that they have been practicing for five days. I think today was their first day off. Mm-hmm. Um, today Sounds was, about right. Today was their first break. They, uh, Wednesday night is when we're recording. First day they haven't actually practiced. And there's been something newsworthy pretty much every day, including today, where Josh Pascal just posted a video, uh, a picture that he just received his final yep. session of uh, immunotherapy. So it's good to see that JP is going to be He's, essentially, he's going to have it put in the past. And I think, uh, you know, of, of all of the cancer treatments, immunotherapy is the least, um, it's it's probably the least invasive, you know, the amount of side effects and stuff like that. Like, you don't have to worry, you know, it's not like chemo where you're losing your hair or radiation. There can be some nasty side effects. He This is a big mental step forward for Josh Pascal. He's done. Yeah, he's done. A whole year of going through this is officially over. For time being, now he can just strap him up and go play football, which is what he wants to do. Right, and I I even remember talking to him at some point in the spring, being like, "So, like, have you just are you tired of getting asked about the like? Are you ready?" And he was like, "You know, it's yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I guarantee it." Yeah, so um, we're glad he's able to put that. And in he the past. had a position change to go with it on he, top of it. He did a position change to boot. We saw him running out there as a jack linebacker again. Mm-hmm. It was a position he played as a freshman. They were going to bulk him up to play defensive end last year before he received his melanoma diagnosis. When you heard that they were moving to Jack, what, what went through your line, Mr. Luckett? First things first, I think they really must be impressed with what they have in T.J. Carter. Yeah. And we'll get into this later. I, what I saw from him at the open practice, even though there's just, just lids, mm-hmm. he looks you know, he looks a little bit quicker, a little bit faster. He still holds in good weight. Look, he's look like he looks like a candidate for a guy that could have a big season. Right. So I think they feel confident with him. But on the other side, I think they're kind of worried about Jordan Wright. We've, we heard yeah. all that stuff in the spring. Even with the big spring game, the coaches are still kind of, you know, down on their luck about that position after the game. Mm-hmm. And then we've got the whole Xavier Peters um, trans- or waiver limbo situation. So, and I think they know what they have in Pascal, and I think Mark Stutes believes in you know establishing the run and stopping the run, and then you get Pascal in there combined with that defensive line. That's 280 pounds of beef you're going to have lining up on the line of scrimmage right there, and so I think that's going to make Kentucky a better run um, defense. Well, the the terminology they've been using when talking about the secondary is we're going to put the best eleven out there on the field. And I think this is an effort to get the best 11 on the field um, because, like you said, like we we can go through the defensive line and there's six dudes for three spots that are all solid. So yeah. moving Pascal out there, uh, it, re- it really does. J- Jordan Wright is one of those where he was running with the ones, but Pascal was rotating in too. And he's a SoFo kid. So I see this as a, all right, SoFo kid, if you don't get it together, you're just not going to play. So – yeah, it's your third year in the program. It's, you know, now's your time. Right. If you don't get it together right now, you know, they've got a guy. They've got two other blue chip recruits over there, and Xavier right. Peters and Pascal now. And Xavier Peters, he uh, he gave us an update at media day kind of on where things stand. And essentially, the whole time where they were waiting on the NCAA, they really hadn't even turned in his stuff yet. Yeah. He, he turned it – he submitted his paperwork for the immediate transfer waiver wire like the day before media day. Um, because part of the process is just like making sure it's thorough mm-hmm. in your application process. And I think another part of it, which we found out when Blue Smith got, um, if you all remember the name Blue Smith, he was the kid from Wayne High School, Alex Regelsberger's teammate. Regelsberger was essentially the, 
you commit and we'll bring your teammate to. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the strategy. He was the, I guess, last one of the biggest targets in the last class. Right. Blue Smith was, yeah. yes. Six, six uh, outside wide receiver mm-hmm. who also attracts just really talented athlete. He ends up committing to Ohio State over Kentucky. After a year, he's transferred to Cincinnati. He cited mental health issues. Whatever the case may be, Luke Fickle said that, A, Ohio State cooperated, which Peter said that Willie Taggart cooperated. And I, I think that's – or it was planning on cooperating. I, I don't know, you know. Take that on the surface level. Yes, exactly. Um, but if that's a part of it, then that's probably good news on Kentucky's behalf. And then the other thing is that I, I have a feeling that proximity somehow has to do with it. There was a kid that also transferred to Cincinnati from UConn. Now, he can just make the case because they had a coaching change too along with their conference shift, right? Or am I just I'm not, I mean, Etzel's still there. I don't know if maybe they had a okay. coordinator change. Never mind then, but he's from Coleraine in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So proximity, they just, yeah, needed to be closer to home. Um, so you just hope that 100 miles is close enough. And then Cincinnati, another kid, James Hudson, another former Kentucky recruit, went from Michigan to Cincinnati. But Toledo is probably yeah, closer to Michigan. That's what I was Michigan. getting to. And I don't think Harbaugh and Michigan were very cooperative yeah, with that. They were not. So that could have some – but I think I think you're definitely onto something. I think distance plays a big deal in it. Chris Steele, that guy we talked about from Florida, the transfer back to USC, mm-hmm. he was cleared. But his high school was 20 miles or so away from right, USC's campus. Right, right. So with with Peters, it's going to come down to – I mean, is, what what is the – we don't know. What is the NCAAs? Because if it's like 100 miles Do they have a hour, circle? Do they have this big circle they put on a map and just put it on there and say, if a kid falls between the lines, he's in. If it falls outside of the lines, he's out. Right. We don't know if yeah. Xavier Peters' home address falls in or out of that, that line. So and, and that's the thing is – so he's from a suburb of Cincinnati, Westchester. Mm-hmm. If, you go, if you drive through Cincinnati, it's by the mall. Uh, I believe that's the exit that has the outlet mall and the the drafts on top of the flea market, and then you also have like the pirate ships and the big old uh, Jesus thing. I'm pretty sure those are that's the same. He even says what you know Westchester and big letters up there. But uh, Peters, it's at from Lexington to Westchester on Google Maps, 104.8 miles. Right. But you don't know if that's UK's campus. You don't know if that's his home address. So either way. You don't know if it's just city limits? Do they be, just count just Westchester limits, city limits, the Lexington city limits? It would be a total crapshoot if they were like, oh, it's got to be within 100 miles, and it was 104. Like, yeah. Well, would, they're not They're not going to pigeonhole themselves into that. But they inside, that's probably what, if I had to guess, it's right. kind of how they make, they make that decision. But we're still playing the waiting game on Peters, um, who running with the Jacks with Pascal and Jordan Wright. Um, so that was Pascal's. That, that, that is the biggest news as of today. But yesterday, more huge news came out of camp. We knew Isaiah Epps went down, um, but we didn't know how severe it was. Turns out, uh, kind of severe uh, for foot injuries. It's you know six weeks. Got to get a screw in his foot. Had to have surgery. Well, like now he's going to be kind of borderline redshirt candidate. By the time he gets back, you're halfway through the season. Two re- games in. Six weeks is from now. When's the first game? Yeah, he's missing two games. If it's six weeks from now. Yeah, oh. You're I, doing bad math. Yeah. Maybe I am. Yeah. Okay, I was thinking. It's six more, weeks into the season. I'm thinking it's, yeah, I guess I was. I, I was thinking it's more you're looking at like fourth, fifth week of, fifth week of the season. I it, guess I didn't it, count the game weeks. Yeah, yeah. All right. In, in well, okay, theory, never mind you then. could. Theory, you're getting back for the Florida game. Yes. Okay. Well, and that's best case scenario. 
but if he has any setback at all, yeah, that's right. something you're, you're going to need to consider. So, okay. Let's just say, best case scenario, he's back for Florida. My immediate, like – worry from a not so much as a just who's up next but from a just big picture 10,000 feet up Isaiah Epps he's the he's the speed guy he's the pull the safety out of the middle of the field mm-hmm. and when Florida's preparing for Kentucky they aren't going to have that on film of Isaiah Epps so that can be either a good thing or a bad thing where they're like okay well we we don't think they have a big outside guy maybe Epps burns him on one but on the other hand Without Isaiah Epps, do they have enough distracting from the defense to t- take some attention off Lynn Bowden? I, I mean, that's the million-dollar question. It really is. That's that's the part where I worry, even though in practice he's all, in Florida, was always open. For specifically speaking in Florida, Grantham's going to man up on the outside, and he's got two dudes in C.J. Henderson and Marco Wilson – that are yeah, that's as yeah. good as a corner tandem in the country. C.J. Henderson's the best cover corner in the country. So I mean, Kentucky's going to get a a ton of bump and run, and then they're going to then Lynn Bolden's just going to get you know shade. He's going to be covered man on man most of the time, but they're going to shade his way. So that I mean, that's a million like can can these the young receivers can they get can Josh Ali can Bryce Oliver can Allen Daly can a Mob Wagner? Right. You know, you hear Stoops talk about you know we got to win some one on ones. Right. That's what they're going to have to prove that they that those guys can win some one on ones and that Terry can deliver the ball with accuracy to let to give them a chance to make some plays. So, the the first candidate that they I mean, it just popped into my mind like it before we get I just got to go off on a tangent. Why? I know they're different positions, but why wouldn't you lock up on a slot with your best corner sometimes? Like I feel like that would just. I, I get it's different, and they're doing different things, but I feel like that's the obvious choice. Well, I think slot play. receivers, you can scheme them open pretty easily, especially in the college game. Mm-hmm. Your your cousin does it with Rondell Moore, moves yeah. him all around mm-hmm. and gets him just wide open, whether it's short, dinker and dunk. But on the outside, that's where the big plays come from. That's If you can lock down half a field, it makes – Defending the rest of the field so much easier. Makes sense. Makes sense. So that would um, be why. So you don't if you have a CJ Henderson that can just totally take away everything. Yeah. You you make them you say, Okay, yeah. beat us on the other side. If of the field. Lynn maybe he's lining up on the outside, then you'd be like, Hey, go over and cover him. But you don't want to get him on a slack guy and then he goes in motion and then he moves you know, it just can mess it can mess up a lot. So you'd rather just have, you know, your guy on the outside and do that. Now there's certain there's special occasions where you know, maybe against Kentucky, Florida might do that on, you know, a few packages just saying. Right, right. We're not going to – it's third and six. We're going to make somebody else beat us Besides, other than Bolton. Yeah, yeah. Or you can just be lucky enough to have a guy like Mike Edwards who's good at covering corners. Yeah. Or good at covering it, uh, receivers in the slot. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, back to the original point. Uh, the, the first thing when you hear of an injury like Epps, you say, okay, well, who's next? And the first name the coach has mentioned – the one that Stoops mentioned uh, when we first learned that there was some sort of injury was that Bryce Oliver played really well in that practice. Um, and Oliver, if you remember, he was kind of not a forgotten dude, but he was a really late addition to the class last year. So you, and you, so you're just like, well, he's some redshirt SoFo kid. Maybe he'll end up doing. When they added him, it was just kind of like, oh, they added beans. You know, Bryce Wood Oliver. Gravy. Yeah. yeah, it was fine. It, oh, he's Jordan Wright's teammate. Okay, maybe he might do something. Then in the spring game, he's the most electric athlete on the field that played significant time because um, didn't, they didn't play Bowden a lot. They didn't play a lot of guys a lot. 
But Oliver had eight catches, 105 yards, touchdown. And he won a lot of jump balls over dudes. And as Eddie Grant said, he won plays over the ones. Competitive catches. Yes. And I also like that Eddie was talking about, like, Oliver got hurt in high school. So a lot of schools kind of backed off a little bit because they didn't get to see a full senior season. He's like, yeah, we were watching him play basketball, and he's got his elbow over the rim dunking on people. And it's like, well, this guy's an athlete. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but Oliver is the guy that's going to immediately step in that position because from my understanding, the way they like to use their outsides, they like a burner, and then they like a possession guy, Dude, mm-hmm. a big body who's just going to catch passes. Mm-hmm. So in years past, it was like a Dorian Baker and a Jeff Bidet. Yeah. So they just lost their Jeff Bidet. And I think the idea, the, the main idea is to have Josh Alvey be their steady, rock-solid guy. Even though he's not a big guy. He's only like 6'1". Uh, he's bulked up some, but he's not the biggest guy. I think a lot with Ali, just I turned him in. You're fine, yeah. I think he's, they view him as probably their best route runner. That's why I think you're seeing him more in those because they trust him more to get to create separation, create space in that intermediate game. Right. And those are the hardest. Give Terry easy throws. Routes to mm-hmm. like a ten yard hitch on a good cover, dude. Yeah, like and that's that will come back. That's something they really. That was Juice Johnson in the offense the last couple of years. They could, when they really, when it was third and seven, they could count on him to run a ten yard out, and he would be open. Mm-hmm. Then that's something they they kind of missed last year, especially right. on the outside. So that's something that they're, they're searching for. So I, there's one. So I think in one scenario we've got here. Uh, Mr. Luckett, is you roll with Oliver and you just say, okay, you're playing on that outside spot. Just be our burner. Go make some big plays downfield. He, he caught some jump balls. They aren't saying it's impossible. They also, Michael Smith liked to throw in Demarcus Harris, mm-hmm. true freshman who enrolled early last year, because I think he had just two really good days in a row. Yeah. Uh, true freshman led the state of Florida in receiving last year in class six or seven. Would, and if you watch Demarcus Harris's tape, he does some, you know, he creates separation. Mm-hmm. He gets on the top of routes. He's not just making plays, catching the ball and making a lot of people miss. He's making, you know, he's getting open vertical, making vertical catches, getting open on the sideline on comebacks. So, mm-hmm. he on just his high school tape, I, it was really impressive what he what – I, what, at least to me what he did. Now, in the spring game, he struggled. Yeah. But it, it was good to hear, I think, the coach is already bragging about him because he was a guy that I thought could maybe surprise some people. So – he, also coach's son. Big fan of the coach's mm-hmm. son. Uh, but what I am curious to see, so they can they can go the route where they just roll with those two dudes and let Josh Alvey stick to what he's doing. Or they can say, Josh, we need you to be a burner, and then they can just put a mod Wagner on the other side. Bingo. And it's a kind of just who's the hot hand. And I think that's kind of how you have to be with receivers. Who's given you the most as of late? Um, and the thing, that's a good part. There's a month for them to figure this out. Injuries suck, but it's good to get them out of the way. Yeah. I would much rather it happen now than the you typical not like third the, scrimmage of the, you know. You hope it's just a little bug flying around and not just a trend, that, a season-long trend that's oh, starting. definitely, definitely. Um, but, but at the same time, that Epps injury, he's going to be back. Yes. Um, Keaton up, like, there were some other injuries in camp. Keaton Upshaw had a hamstring. Right. There was, that a little bit. there was another one I'm not thinking of uh, right now. Brandon Eccles. Brandon Eccles is yep. being held out for unspecified leg injury. It but, wasn't wasn't there something with right like where they were like, well, we got to be cautious with him. I don't he, think so. I don't remember that, but that that might have been the case. 
I know what it was. I asked them why Pascal moved back. Apparently, Wright had some sort of muscle thing in the summer. So, they just oh, okay. that, that's their excuse for not being bullish on Wright. <laughs> so, Epps' injury for now. Wait and see. Oh, I did want to mention, too, Alan Daly. He's, he's getting some play out there. But they're also playing him at their Y position, which is – Essentially the slot uh, next to Bowden. So when they go four receivers, he'd be it's, the other it's slot It's what guy. Bouvier played last yes, year. Yes, exactly. And you always, like, you almost always see little guys in the slot. I always hated that. I would rather, like, no offense to Bouvier, but I would like to see C.J. Conrad in that slot. They don't like flexing their tight ends out. And I, I loved it when I did it. It was the primary position I played. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, the, and that, but that was just because I was a big guy and they wanted to just throw it up to me. Now, I think in Daly's case, there is some instances where he's a big physical dude that has enough speed to play outside, so why not give a different kind of look inside? Yeah, I think a lot with Conrad, I think people, he didn't have the kind of like, when you line him up in the slot, he couldn't really beat man coverage. No. He was a little stiff in his routes. So with CJ, a lot, you had to you know kind of scheme him. Once you got him open, then he was a weapon, but it was getting him to that spot. Which is, I think, harder than people realize. Especially because, like, it's one thing if you're mm-hmm. if he's got his hand in the ground, he's going up against a linebacker. Right. It's different if you're going up against a nickel or a dime. Right. And, you know. So. Right. Um, so I wanted to. That's Isaiah Epps, and essentially the rest of this podcast we're going to spend talking about open practice. And instead of just going position by position, that's boring. So I've got some just categories that we can just kind of riff off of here, um, starting with our most pleasant surprise from the open practice, which was, as you said at the, off the top, it was just helmets, just lids. So mm-hmm. that kind of, like, I just wanted to hear the crunch. Just, that's all I wanted. I just wanted that, you know, just give me a little bit of that Captain Crunch. Yeah, they could, couldn't they just done it a day later and gave us the shells, helmet, shoulder pads? Oh, man, I, I know. What are you it would have been nice, but I, I think that's part of it, too, right. is they don't, you know. They, don't want to they used to do that practice on fan day in the stadium. Yeah. They when did they, did they? Were they? How long ago did they switch it over to? Uh, <sighs> Ever since they got the new facility. Yeah, I think it. May, I, I like it better in the new facility because stadium you can kind of see everything better, but you get more of. a – I felt like I was going to more of a real practice yes. at the facility and at the stadium. It, I never felt like that was kind of a. Well, real because practice. you have two fields, and so you've got everybody breaking up in drills. Yeah. And if you notice me too, like it, I'm all over the place mm-hmm. at open practice. I'm walking over the bigs, and I'm just. I, I can't sit still. Trying to take it all in. The thing, the thing that I'm kicking myself for is I missed all the one on ones with receivers and corners. That was yeah. the one thing I'm kicking myself for. I didn't see enough one on ones. I don't think they did a lot of those either. Um, probably because they were just in lids. They were in team period a lot. We got a lot, which I was surprised we got as much team period as we did. It's probably because they were just in basic and soft. Yeah, uh, they're on day one stuff still. Um, so I'm going to. Start with your most pleasant surprise. Who was your most pleasant surprise, Adam? Well, I think we're both going to agree on this. It's Cedric Dort Jr. Yes, yes. I would. He's playing that boundary corner spot this season, and he's pretty much a lock to start at this point. I think. I know, and he was one that, like, I really didn't. He was in that mix of just like well, he was another recruit. He came out, and he was just kind of like, oh, they added him. He's like low three star. I think one recruiting service had him as a two star, but the. The report coming on him, coming, his game was that he was physical at the line of scrimmage, really good tackler. He kind of fits that. That's what you need in that boundary corner, a guy that can come up, uh, play press, doesn't back away, and can, you know, help you in run support. But 
you usually have a bigger corner at that spot. And this, he's 5'11", 180 yeah, pounds. He's not very big at all. So, I, I mean, I would need to find maybe a question you want to ask Stoops or maybe Brad White or uh, Clink is, you know, you've been big at that spot in the past. How different is it, you know, because Sed's going to obviously be having, right. you know, a size advantage. Does it change your scheme at all? Or does he have the physicality? To hold up, you think, on, against the, the, all the receivers he's going to face. So the thing about Dort that you may or may not know, I knew some of this. I just recently learned some of it. But he enrolled early. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, he, he made, like, I forget what it was, but he made a crazy hit on special teams once. And I was like, oh, okay, this kid balls. What I did not realize is that he got injured last year. He was set to be their dime until he got injured last year. Well, they don't. They don't tell us that he got injured either. So we we just didn't exactly. Know. Um, so that happens, um, and now we just got a guy. He's one of the SoFo kids, and you know I, I'm I'm always I'm waiting to see it with the SoFo kids because they they're going to talk big game. So I'm gonna I'm ready to see him walk it. And man, his reaction time on all of those quick routes was impressive. Mm-hmm. And I I just it was one of those where. He was a guy I really wanted to see, and I was pleased with everything I saw from him. Yeah, I mean, he was just—he looked comfortable out there. He was all up, it, up in. Oh, open which is the what grill. you need in that in that boundary spot. That's how you have to play. You have to get up and stick your nose in there. Mm-hmm. You have to play with a small amount of space with you and the receiver. You have to be able to press the guy at the line of scrimmage. You have to be able to hold your ground. On whether it's you know whether doing quick game a quick you know pass out to the slot guy where the guy's blocking or or just uh, to hold up if he's trying to get a quick release for a deep pass so that's important and he he showed all those traits that you kind of need at that position now he is good. I mean we still haven't seen him in a real game action in right. on the field yet so it's a lot to tell but yeah. I like what I, I I think you should feel more confident about that spot because he seems like he can. Handle handle it on a surface level. Now we'll see how they get deeper. Right, but right. he does have some really good ball skills. He had two really good PBUs. Yeah, the, one of which was like a just right out of the fingertips from an interception. And he's going to be a guy. They love to do that cat corner blitz from that weak side. We didn't see it as much last year, but we right. saw it a lot when Westry was younger. I think Lonnie did it. Lonnie gets Tennessee against Tennessee. Um, Should have. I don't know how Garantano didn't fumble that ball down yeah. in the red zone. God, I think that's going to be something. Yeah. Something. Yeah, and Westry had the big one at South Carolina. Uh-huh. So I think uh, that's going to be something you see more of with Dort. Because he, I mean, he's he can get to A to B quick. He's got more short range, I would say, quickness in yes. both those guys. That's a good way to put it. And that's what you tell, you can visibly see in all of their reaction mm-hmm. time. And he was playing up, man, most of the time. But even when he's jumping on blitzes, they're not blitzes, in zone, and he's popping up and somebody's trying to come across the middle. Very quick reaction time. Is there anything more satisfying than when you see a corner blitz and they're just dialed in and the quarterback just doesn't notice? I, yeah, I, nobody notices. When like, you pull it, oh. it's when you can pull it off and that corner times it right. It's the it's the perfect call. Oh man, because it's just like oh don't get like the whole time you see it coming and it's like in slow motion. You're like don't get rid of the ball. Don't get rid of the ball. Yeah. Don't get rid of. Or on the other side, if it's happening to you and you're like oh please don't. Don't see him. Like right. whatever you do, right. don't see him. Right. Uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see. I, hopefully, we get one more open practice where they'll let the media in because they typically do one where it's like for like TV stations. They'll give us time for B-roll. So we'll get to hopefully see Dort in action again before it starts. Other pleasant surprise I had. 
was Jared Casey. Yeah. Because entering – like, I just had no expectations for him. Hey, he, he hadn't played a lot of football. He missed all of his sophomore season – no, it was all of his junior season all with the injury. Mm-hmm. And then he didn't play much as a sophomore at Trinity. Transfers to Ballard. Whole entire year. He blows up before his senior season. Camp circuit. Just at the Nashville Rivals camp. They're like, mm-hmm. holy crap, this kid is good. And then he – like I, I can't. It's hard for me to judge Louisville Public School linebacker. It just is. Like, because they, you know, the, the team wasn't very good, and you don't know how much are they just running away from him. Because I think the one thing that J.J. Weaver had on his side was that he at least had another big on the other side. Like they were, they were, and they weren't six A, which Ballard is. A lot yeah. different level of competition. But Casey comes in. And you know, every time you would try to ask something in the spring, they wouldn't say much about him, and then. Spring game half, and and I'm also that position. It's just tough playing outside linebacker in a three four. It's tough, and man, he really looked the part on Saturday. Now some of it was he was rolling the shorts up, really showing off <laughs> those quads, but he moved around really well. And I think what impressed me the most is that he was good in pass coverage. Like he didn't look uncomfortable in that like kind of hook zone, that curl hook area. Mm-hmm. He it it looked flawless. Or not fall this. It looked seamless. He didn't look like he was stumbling at all, and he had a couple good rushes as well. So I was, I'm pleased that Jared Casey can has the potential to come in and back up Boogie Watson right away. Yeah, he's going to play this year, and I think he's going to be a really impactful guy on special teams. Oh yeah, because he's an athlete. But coming out of high school, I mean, he's six three, two thirty, two forty right now. He's going to be able to add ten or so pounds. At a high school, though, it wasn't really like the pass uh, the pass rush that really excited you. It was his, you know, his athletic ability, his range of motion, mm-hmm. his, you know, his flexibility. He uh, on tape, he was really good at taking on blockers, stringing out runs, holding contain, and that's kind of what you need on that on that at that Sam backer, somebody who can you know hold the edge. You talk about establishing the or maintain the edge all the time, and that's what that's what he does best and. I think he's going to be a guy that they're going to throw in there a couple plays a game just to get his feet wet at that same linebacker position. Yeah, so I'm 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 excited to see what Jared Casey develops into. Even though he's he's got a long career ahead of him, got a long career ahead of him. But I mean, Boogie, perfect example of development and like baby steps over time. That mm-hmm. can be the the same with with Casey. And even on, if we don't see him right, he's away. on a track to back up Boogie for two years and become a starter as a junior. That's exactly what Boogie did. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right, who are the guys that, that – the next category? Pass the eye test, the look test. Everybody's favorite. It's something that we – the look test was startlingly different in early in the Stoops era. Um, now it's not quite as significant. Now it's more of I notice the differences. And the first person I was – like it's still taking me time to grasp is how much bigger Josh Alvey got. Yeah. He was a sc- – so he used to, he uh, up until this year he was number eighty two, so I saw eighty two at first. Single digit makes him look better too. It always does. But the eighty two now is Tay Tay Crooms, who is also really tiny. And so I was like, wait, how can eighty two? No, my mind just trying to like grasp that the the hamster wheel isn't spinning fast enough. Dude needed to put on some muscle to be able to play against physical cornerbacks in the SEC, and he did just that. Mm-hmm. For me, it's two guys on the defensive side of the ball. Okay, hit me. Chris Oates looks like he was made in a football lab. <laughs> I mean, his – you don't 
the dude's got long, long, long legs. Yes. And long, long, long just long. He's made. He's all limbs, and then he's kind of he's cut up up front, and he can really run. And he looks taller than six four. He looks about six seven. <laughs> he does. He's because I, I I feel like I look at him eye to eye, and I tell people I'm six six. That's a guy in a combine setting. I like this. I mean, I, he he looks like a guy that would test off the charts. And another guy, Yusuf Corker. He was yeah. when I first got there. They were in some kind of weird stretch drill where they were doing like I don't know, kind of like I guess get loose, loosen up drills with different coaches. And he was with mostly linebackers and outside linebackers, and he didn't like stick out at all. He just looked like he was one of them. He looked like he belonged. And he's just you know he's a tall, big safety. And those are two guys like when you get off the bus, it really, it really is like oh these guys are you know big time football they're, players. They're and of course. Everybody's was Keaton Upshaw that was at that practice. And oh, everybody yeah, yeah. could not stop talking about him. And he's a kid, too. I remember he was at one of the first – not one of the first camps I went to. But whenever he camped at UK, uh, I think he was already committed at the time. And Vince worked with him extensively. And I just remember looking at his arms and I'm like, that's not a high school kid's arms. Like, that's a college-looking kid's arms. Mm-hmm. Dude is huge. Um, the other person I wanted to add to this is – Xavier Peters does not move like a person his size should move. It's it really is like just mm-hmm. amazing at how much ground that dude can cover. Just I, it's the thought of taking a hit from him, like if you were running a drag or something and you don't see him out of the corner of your eye, it's just devastating. Absolutely devastating. Man, looks good in yeah. shorts. <laughs> well, we're still waiting on the NCAA, but. We uh, talked about that. It'd be nice. It'd be another nice piece for them to have in that front really seven. Nice. It'd be really nice to have him. And then, uh, last but not least, just the offensive line. Like mm-hmm. watching them hit the sled, we can run behind that offensive yeah. line. And they're already. You, we heard Eddie Grant talk about it. I believe what was it yesterday or a couple of days ago? We met with the media. I guess two days when this podcast was released. Just how much confidence? Yeah. That coaching staff <laughs> has in that offensive line. They really do. I mean, they go they go out of their way to talk talk about that group. Big man lead the way. Yeah. That's going to be my new bullets are flying. Because mm-hmm. Grain, Grain, when it's quarterback competition, got to see how it is when the bullets are flying. And I try not to laugh every time he does it. Now it's big men lead the way. They are really excited about that group. And yeah. I think a lot of that, that confidence in that offensive line and the confidence in that defensive line is why – We've seen Stoops kind of like buck against the, you know, the trend that they're going to take a step back. It's because this is a line of scrimmage league, and they know they're better than most of the teams in this league at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, there's a lot of inexperience on the line of scrimmage in the SEC. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it once we get to the teams. But, like, I mean, Arkansas, they have, what, one returning offensive lineman, and then they're – They just lost the starter the st- for the year. Starting right tackle, tears his ACL, mm-hmm. first practice. Florida, that, I mean, that's the biggest question with them. They lost Jawan Taylor, Martez Ivy. Martez Ivy was like a three-year starter. A few, years, yeah. few, years, a few other starters, and they, they kind of have like they don't know what we don't really we're not going to know until they go up and play Miami the first week what they had the offensive line. Tennessee's probably going to start two true freshmen at tackle. Yeah, and and their best player is probably done playing football. Mm-hmm. Trey Smith or Trey Davis? Uh, well, Trey Smith. Trey they Smith they still don't that he's kind of they don't know the the people I talk to around there like. They're LSU. trying, but like if he, him, he's getting blood clots in his lungs. Like yeah. that's you don't mess around with stuff. LSU and Auburn, two teams that really struggled to block people last year, and they they've kind of got big questions. That like the offensive line is probably the biggest question for both of those teams. So, you know, Kentucky's in a really good spot, especially on the offensive line. We can get there's a lot more you know talent defensively, but from a pass rushing standpoint, you're right. 
the league lost a lot of pass rushers last year. And like Jacob Polite. It'd be hard to find out like it'd be hard to find who's gonna be the sack leader this year in the conference. I think that's kinda open for grabs. Mm. Uh I I really do want to look up who's the returning sack leader because I bet Boogie's got to be up there at this point. Zuniga had had quite a few. Zuniga's up there. I think he had eight and a half, nine. Boogie had six. So, I'm sure they're near the top. I like this quote from Feinbaum today. Um, Pat Dooley of the Gainesville Sun called in. He's one of their regular Florida guys. And while most people are all in on the Felipe Franks, he he wanted to put this quote out there on Feinbaum. I think Florida is a little bit overrated, to be honest. People get mad at me for saying this, but that's my honest opinion. doesn't mean they can't have a great year. Pat Dooley, Pat Dooley gives it to you Just straight. a great freaking quote. Because a lot of people do just get sucked in on the, the oh, good skilled players, but you know Bobby Petrino fell in love with skilled players too. Mm-hmm. And look what happened to the cars. Look what happened to them. Okay, moving on. This is the category that I think we're – there's – there's two names that come to mind, and these are the guys who are the folks who are fighting for a job. I'm not talking about just oh they're having a position paddle. I'm talking like if they don't get with it, they're going to get lost. And we've mentioned his name a lot. Just go ahead and put it out there, Jordan Wright. Jordan Wright. Yep. It's a uh, Josh Pascal and Xavier Peters. Those boys are good. And if he if Wright isn't bringing his A game, I mean it's just he's just not going to play. Mm-hmm. Simple. And, and what's crazy, too, is that, like, it could be – like, Kentucky could be in a situation where a former four-star recruit just isn't good enough. <laughs> just <laughs> just isn't – like, he's just going to get beat out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is Kentucky's in a spot where they don't – the coaches are, like, you know, they're getting a little frustrated. I think it's obvious that they're getting a little frustrated with him, and it's kind of like, you know, this train's moving. Either get on it or, you know, you're going to kind of get left behind. Right. So this is a big next few weeks for Jordan Wright. And, and I think a lot of what they want to see is just what he does in practice. Because he wasn't doing it in spring. And you know what? I can't – I cannot begrudge any kid for not just completely kicking ass in spring. Because you know what? Spring practice sucks. Like, you're, you're not preparing for anybody. You're focused on fundamentals. That stuff is so boring. It is so boring. So, like, I, I can't – like, you're probably just happy. Like, you get two scrimmages and a – and a, a, a blue-white one in front of the fans. That's it. Aside from that, like, spring practice sucks. So I can't begrudge a kid for, you know, not having the most crisp practices in the spring. But in training camp, like, if if those – if Peters and Pascal don't lie to fire hunters, but then nothing will. Mm-hmm. So, he's a big one. And the other one for me is a guy who actually made quite a few big plays, but then he also had that, like, oh, buddy. Just reel it in, and that was Cleveland Thomas. Mm-hmm. He's playing both slot positions, kind of just bouncing back and forth between both. I think you can kind of lump him and Akeem Hayes in that that same kind of right, right, together. Because in theory, Cleveland's he redshirted last year, so yeah. he's a redshirt sophomore this yeah. year. So mm-hmm. in theory, like if Lynn leaves next year, he would be the starter. But they need they need more from him. Yeah, um, and when he does, I mean. On top of the couple good plays in that practice that we saw, we saw on the, one of the recent highlight videos that they put out of practice, he had a couple good catches. So, can he? Yes, but it's doing a consistent basis. And I don't know about you, Lucky, but I saw a couple times where it's like, oh, Cleveland, you got to catch that. Yeah, it's he's got a kind of a weird body shape Cause for he's that kind position. Of yeah, he's kind of got tree trunks for legs. 
short, kind of looks like a running back almost. Mm-hmm. So it's just for him, it's just going to be when he he's going to get a chance to play in a game. Yes. Does what? What does he do on on the field? That's when he's really got to you know he's got to cash in when he gets an opportunity. When he's played a little bit, he's made catches in games, and yeah, it's been uh, you know kind of you know reliant. They they can lean on him a little bit. So he's a guy that. You, Right now, he's kind of you know he's just, just he's just waiting his time. I guess would be yeah. a better way to say it. And then when he gets a break, can he can he capitalize with it? That's big on all of these receivers because this is a big year for them. Like, all right, you've been waiting. Here's your time. Mm-hmm. Don't mess it up because there are other dudes waiting. And you know what? If you if he's not playing well, they can just go twelve and not play a second slot, or they can just throw the tight ends out there instead. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I, I'm interested to see how he – what we hear about him throughout camp. Because, uh, I mean, we don't we – don't, they haven't gone out of their way this far. Bigger thing is going to be when they play, how – like, is he standing by Eddie Grant on the sideline? How often is he getting into that kind of – into right. that slot, slot position? Because Lynn can't play every play. Right. Eventually they're going to have to put somebody else in that slot. At some point, yeah. Um, is is there any other person that you would put throw in this fighting get with it or get lost category? I mean, Jordan Griffin is kind of there because he's starting, yeah. but they need him to be good. Right. And if he's not there, if he's not giving them what they need, they they could go young and just put Asian and Corker back there. So he is a guy I think that in a different kind of way, it's you know now or never. You know he's senior, obviously, but now they're they're really they're really really they're going to waste time he, on him. Yeah. You know, like. There's no reason to invest for the future when the future is now. And then another guy, B.J. Alexander, redshirt freshman, young. But when you look at him, he, he looks good. He's you really know, tall. 6'3", six, yeah. six, 190 pounds, long arms, can really run. But it was obvious that he was kind of, you know, behind a lot of guys at receiver at that open practice. Yeah, he's running with the threes. Now that Epps is out, can he kind of – can he make a move? And if he doesn't make a move – you know, Kentucky's not losing any of these receivers next year. Right. All of those guys are coming back. Right. Then he's kind of like, and then you got to know another crop of recruits coming in. Then really talented. Bring in four dudes. Yeah. The then you're kind of then you're kind of lost in the shuffle. So if he doesn't make some type of push mm-hmm. this season, you know, and really you make that push in camp because once the season starts, it's just all about right. week you're week by week getting ready for opponent. You set the depth chart during camp, mm-hmm. and if you don't if you don't get yourself in the place where you're going to get you know, a chance to break in into the into the rotation to get game reps. You're kind of, you know, you're just you're just you know you're in danger of becoming a scout team player. One thing that I really like that the coaching staff's done. It's they're doing it for the first time this year, and that's practice ends for the upperclassmen, and then 15 more team reps for the threes. Mm-hmm. And like I. I can't stress them. Like you, they're sitting in meeting rooms and film so much, and to give them so fifteen, they're getting uh, ninety extra reps a week essentially for them to critique themselves on film. And I just think that's huge from a coaching aspect because the, uh, when we were out there, there was a lot of teaching going on in the individual sessions, it, but a lot of it's focused on the guys who are playing right now. When you give them. That just – it's basically like your freshman practice. Because, in, in you know, in high school they typically divided up freshmen and then JV and varsity are all in the same. Except if you go to a factory like St. X or Trinity and they've got to have, you know, 
a whole different like that, that's a different story. But most time, the, the freshmen get that individual attention so they can have more instruction. They need instruction right now, and I think having just that into practice, I think it's going to really benefit in the long run because this is a young football team. This is a very young football mm-hmm. team. Well, it gets back to the when the season starts, they're not going to get that individual. Those are the guys that are going to be on the scout team, preparing mm-hmm. the team for exactly. The so in in Kentucky's scheme. And what they do, this is the only time really for them, other than the spring, mm-hmm. where they really have a lot of time with the coaches where they're really focused on getting better for Kentucky. Right. Not focusing on, you know, oh, I have to play Derek Brown from Auburn this week. Oh, I have to play Jake Bentley this week. Oh, I have to play Michael P. Ryan, Florida running back this week. It's This is – they're just focusing on Kentucky and their craft and what right. they need to do. So, so, yeah, I mean, it's big. Getting extra work with the coaches is nice and then – and like you said, they're young in a lot of spots. They got a lot of – they got a balanced roster where they have a lot of experience, but they, there's some spots where you get one person dinged up and then you're leaning on freshmen. You look at running back. You yep. look at tight end. Mm-hmm. So they're they're an injury to away from being really yeah. young. And Rig has had some weird injuries too. Mm-hmm. He had like a lacerated kidney. He had like a ruptured spleen. He's had all the weird, bizarre injuries. So, yeah, you never know. You never know. Um, speaking of young bucks – one of my favorite parts about watching these open practices like it is watching the young kids just mess up and do – they just make freshman mistakes. And they kick themselves so much, even though every freshman in America is making the same mistakes and every freshman before them has made the mistakes. So what was your favorite rookie mistake from watching open practice? I'm no, I know what yours is, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save it for you. Okay, okay. But mine was Eddie Green comes back the next day and starts talking about how Cavalier Smoke is a great route runner, has unbelievable hands. Well, I saw him drop three or four balls that are just routine. Oh, yeah. In, in yeah. open practice. So that, that shows you right then that, you know, getting out in front of people, I guess. Cavalier Smoke was his first time in the public after that huge spring game. He's, people really got an eye on him. Yeah. He knows that a lot of people will be watching, watching 20. Mm-hmm. Um, he had some of the the <laughs> Tisdale. He did the same thing too. Where yeah, he, he was, was like, swimming a little bit. He was doing. He was just like I. I heard the ah, <laughs> just so much. I mean, dude's caught fielded plenty of punts before, but he he was like they were like hitting his knee because he wasn't fielding them cleanly, and I, I I felt bad for the guy. Um, but the funniest was just watching him and Nick Scalzo. Like before the snap, like Grant had to like stop them because they couldn't like they weren't lined up in a pistol correctly. Mm-hmm. Like just the basic quarterback three yards behind and they then called the install back. for a reason. Yeah, quarterbacks three yards behind the line of scrimmage, running backs three yards behind him. They were at like four and two. They had to get it all fixed up, and and that's the kind of little things that I I I think it's hilarious. I absolutely love it. Yeah, to, to, to it's like stupid you're freshman, you're fresh meat. <laughs> welcome to college moment. Oh man, and I'm sh- I can't wait till we hear about the first time in pads. Somebody just getting co-cocked across the middle of the field because mm-hmm. that's definitely going to happen. And you hear about they hit the wall too. Mm-hmm. Fresh two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or it's probably right after install when like probably like this time, like Tuesday, right before they get that second break when they've had. 10 practices in 11 days. Yeah. And you're just like running on fumes. I'm, I'm sure that's going to happen. One thing that I talked to, I forgot who I was talking to this, uh, who I was speaking to about this. It was, it was somebody, they would come out for the first time. And they were surprised at 
like going from drill to drill, how much like kind of standing around there was. And I did find that fascinating that like, like I'm used to the kind of like, it's football. If you're going a hundred miles an hour all the time, you're just gassed. Football plays only five, six seconds long. At the most. So yeah, like. Then it's 30 seconds usually of. It's burst. Yeah. So you don't have to get guys running around always. Whereas, I mean, you're going to do that with like peewee kids because mm-hmm. you need them like them focused. But like, if you got to do that to college kids, then class is going to be right. There is a risk, but it, it's, you know, it's crisp. It's repetitive. It's like, let's go, go, go. Let's go fast. Let's get everybody reps. Get as many reps as you can. So it's not like they're just, you know, there are periods where you're kind of standing there for a little bit. But for the most part, you're getting in, you're going. I like what the. Are you doing 10, 10, 12 reps in a row? And then second team's going, doing 10, 12 reps in a row. When the defensive line, when they were doing their uh, individuals, which the most basic come off the ball and just hit a dude in the chest, they would like line it up and it was hit, hit, hit. I mean, they were basically just pushing them out of the way to make room for LeBlanc to say hit and correct whatever was messed up. Rapid fire. Same with um, sled drills. They get the hell out of the way as soon as the strongman blows the whistle. And so there is there is in some aspects, but in others, like, there is some waiting around. But I, I just – I thought it was interesting because I've gotten so accustomed to watching mm-hmm. practice. Now. And for those freshmen, though, the speed of practice, how they're in college is a step up from what they, oh, yeah. they've done in the past. So Oh, yeah. So catching up to how – especially the guys that weren't there for the spring – you know, the guys that are in there for the spring kind of got, mm-hmm. you know, they have a step up on that. They've got so. acquainted, yes, yes. So, th- it's not surprising to see a guy like Tisdale really struggle, in, you know, with practice for a starting because it's a whole different element. He's whole in. different ballgame. Um, all right, like it. who's the guys you wish you could have seen in shoulder pads? Well, the big guys up front for sure. TJ Carter is my biggest one because I really like what I saw from him. I wish I could have seen him and Landon Young kind of go at it. Especially, like, because he – was it Carter who had a really good pass rush, or was it – there was one defensive lineman who had, like, two in a row. They were really good, but, like, they have such an advantage when there's no shoulder pads on because the yeah. offensive line can't grab on anything. Mm-hmm. So, like, that just annoys me. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's, it's so hard to judge. Another guy was McCall because he was trying to mix it up with some people in there. I wish we could have seen them really oh, yeah. really go at it. Yeah, I, And McCall is also a guy who always, like, dude's going to be 15 pounds lighter in two weeks. Just yeah. from all the sweating, like he's a big old boy. Uh, I'm interested. And when he his initial punch, he don't mess around. Yeah, that's a Detroit punch right there. His only thing is, can he do it for more than seven, eight plays? Yeah, yeah. It really is a in shape factor. Mm-hmm. And so we're gonna see in two weeks how much weight he lost. Yeah, you know how good a shape he in. My big guy. I mean, first and foremost, how does Dort stand up to the physicality? And so, like, I don't know. I couldn't tell. Yeah. <laughs> and it just like it's easier for a def- for an offensive lineman to get their hands on him, it's also easier for the defensive back to get his shoulder turned and just be torched. Mm-hmm. Uh, where uh, Josh Ali can get underneath a pad and twist. You know, all it takes is a little bit of a forearm jab that mm-hmm. the official's not going to see for you to just burn somebody deep. And another one is those freshmen were really like – how do they look when we're really hitting? You're talking about the J.J. Weaver, the Katie McDaniel, mm-hmm. Jerry Casey. Mm-hmm. How are they doing in a Oklahoma drill when they're going up against Justin Rigg? Right. How are they doing with, you know, when, a, when, a running, when their running backs come in to chip them during a pass 
a pass rush. Right. So those kind of things we didn't really get to see. You never really know what you have until those pads come on. Right. Um, Especially and, the guys that weren't here for spring. That they, they really haven't seen how they're going to react in a kind of physical situation. I, like, I asked Stoops, so I was like, so do you all do like a first day pads, like Oklahoma <laughs> drill or something? He's like, our practices are physical enough. We don't need to do anything crazy. And that was – that's such a stoops answer. I love it. Uh, okay. Ooh, one I know add to DeAndre Square. I just I, that dude's gotten enormous, and um, I'm just a big fan. Big yeah. fan of Square. Uh, okay. The last one is just I can't believe that guy just did that. The moments in practice where you were just like, damn. Adam Luckett. Who made you say damn? Just Lim Bolden. <laughs> he's just like – I mean, he's we, wide open on every play. Oh, man. We went 50 minutes without talking about Lim Bolden, but we could talk – actually, we couldn't talk about Lim Bolden for 50 minutes because it really is just like, what the hell was that? <laughs> he looks like a guy that's going to go out and catch 90-something balls this year, 1,400 yards, and be first team all SEC. <laughs> I mean, that's what he looked like at he practice. Was, he was always open. Mm-hmm. And, and it was zone – it was whatever. And you're like, how is he – how did he get that open? And and then when he catches it too, he's like, you know, in practice, he's holding it like a loaf of bread. He yeah. He he was catching punts with his fingertips. Then he, was D, he was Dion returning it, weaving yeah. in and out with the oh, ball out one hand. Oh my gosh! It just so good on so many levels. But he didn't have the best play of the day. Best play of the day, Amani Gilmore yep. slinging it mm-hmm. down the seam to Nico Genovich. just absolute rifle. And he's a guy that we just I, – I think a lot of people, including myself, when we heard, oh, he's going to play baseball too, you're like, okay, if he's going to play baseball too. Like, okay. How serious is he? Is he actually that good? I mean, oh, he can throw it, but is he good? Dude is not afraid to put it into a window. Mm-hmm. And he's, got, he's got the tightest spiral on the team. Oh, man. And it's a lefty too, it so still, it's real pretty. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And on that one, he put some you know extra mustard on it to get it there. Yeah. It was impressive. But you mentioned Big Nick that Vince Merrill calls him. Big Jesus. He looks good catching the football. He's catching away from body with his hands. He's plucking it high out of the air. He's a guy. Now, he, he, needs, to hit the, he needs to hit the weights a little bit. Really? Yeah. Well, like, he, you see his frame. He, he's lean. Well, when you compare him to the other – just look at that yeah. tight end picture we have up at Kentucky Sports Radio. Yeah. And he's not he, – he's a little skinny. You're right. You're right. Because he does have the – the uh, model, the 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 model muscles, those mm-hmm. look good. But those he's are just, got popcorn muscles right now. He needs to get some real muscles, <laughs> some some steak so and He needs to get some there. sweat equity in. Yeah, over there in yeah. the gym. But huh. I mean, he will get there. You see that frame? He's going to be. Yeah. You know, next year this time he's going to be probably twenty pounds heavier. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But he's a guy that you know he has some you know athletic ability where he can get vertically down the field and make some plays. Yeah. So um. I got really excited watching open practice. Did you have any more moments you wanted to share? No, that was it. Watching Stoops coach the secondary, for anybody that, you know, likes that kind of stuff, is really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Man, Brad White does that too with the mm-hmm. linebacker. He really mixes it up. They have a – I posted the video on KSR, but they have this, like, pass rush dummy where they put a Nerf ball. They, like, Velcro it to the top of it. And mm-hmm. it I've also it. has arms, so they have to – Basically, he, he he's big on hand placement, mm-hmm. uh, and watching him like lean on Pascal 
or like when he, I mean, he he really mixes it up with those guys. And Summerall is the same way too. Something about a linebacker coach that you just you got to be all <laughs> got to be handsy, all up in their business. Another thing was the offensive grad transfers, and they were signaling in the plays, all the crazy signals they had. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> I look at you, I said, Roush, that would be a job for you. You would be. Oh, good at that. I would love to be the Colby Lange. Yeah, just tell the chicks, yeah, I'm a quarterback. Yeah, but you know. Just the hand signals. Okay. So, so seeing all the goofy hand signals they were using, <laughs> that was pretty, that was good. And you know what was probably the best part of it all is just how great the crowd was. Mm-hmm. I've been going to these since they were doing fireworks on a Friday night at Kroger Field, and I was pre-gaming the the frat party that night. And the crowds at Commonwealth Stadium could not compare to the fans that showed up Saturday. It was, it was impressive it was fun like i almost felt bad for some of the fans because the lines were so long to get autographs they couldn't get everybody they wanted to people were excited but that's that's what happens when you got a good team everybody wants their autograph and Mm -hmm. i think i'd rather have everybody want their autograph than nobody Mm -hmm. Um, and cool thing they did too they opened up the facility so like fans who don't always get to see it now they couldn't go in the weight room in the locker room yeah but they could take a look inside i think that was a good idea but they and they could see the the wall where they've got all the nfl players and they could do look at the trophy case and see all of the what that investment was going into. You saw the big Josh Allen NFL draft poster mm-hmm. right outside yep. the football facility, and then you go in. You got this for all the fans. They get to see all the trophies: the Governor's Cup, the they, Citrus Bowl trophy. They've, they've expanded the, the trophy mm-hmm. case too. It used to only hold a couple, and they're like, you know what? We're throwing them all in there. Now they it. got yeah, they got them all. All the old all the old Music City Bowl trophies are in there. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the older trophies from back in the 80s and 50s are in there. It's good to be back. But real quick before we sign off, what was the – did you have any big takeaways from Media Day? Mm-hmm. Or was it just so that I got free breakfast? It was um, – It was. F- I think the thing I liked about it most is that the guys were having fun. In this, like you, you could really feel like we've done really well. So we're going to be – we're going to enjoy this. But also we know what it takes to stay at this level. And I think that was something, especially uh, when I got to thinking about the schedule came out today and you've got the road trip to Auburn next year, which is the big change-up instead of having Arkansas at home. And I got to thinking about the old Auburn games. And Kentucky had no business losing to Auburn on that Thursday night, but that they didn't know how to win yet. And I think it's really important that the young guys on this team, they know how to win. And I, that's culture, climate, all the C words that the coaches use. A lot of it's just knowing how to win and being confident whenever it comes to crunch time. And I think these guys got it. Yeah, I mean, this team not lacking for confidence. No. And it starts with the guy, you know, the head coach, the big honcho. Yes. But the, even the coordinators, you know, are talking. But we did get, you know, our kind of my tempo question, they kind of shot down. Oh, they shot it down. Oh, Grand was like, you don't got to run tempo to run a lot of plays. Yeah. We will not see well, tempo. <laughs> well, well, you just got to be really good on first I'll agree to disagree on that. But, yeah. Yeah. But we'll see. I mean, they, they are going to throw the ball more. I think they've made that pretty obvious. Yeah. While stating, we're still big men lead the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe, they, maybe they'll snap the ball with 15 seconds left instead of eight <laughs> or seven seconds this year. Maybe that's the plan. <laughs> funny, funny thing from interviews, too. They talk about why they're throwing it to running backs more. Well, Terry knows where his checkdowns are, <laughs> which is like – it's like objectively hilarious, but also like dude probably did just panic last year and take a sack instead of get it to his running yeah. back like at least five times. Well, and they also had some pass protection issues too. Like they had to keep running back in a lot. Right. But A.J. Rose is a guy. They used – they split him out wide. Yeah. 
Ran some screens with him. Oh, they had, they had folks. If you hate screens, they had one ten minute period where it was only screens. Well, yeah, they they got when you got Bolden out there, and then Rose can factor into it. I think the screen game can be very mm-hmm. beneficial. It was the craziest stat that Grant had was that they incompleted thirty bubble screens last year that are just catch and throw. Yeah, and if that's think if Lynn Bowden got that many more touches. Yeah. Good things. I agree. I agree. And it can be a great, you know, kind of third and sixth play. Get out there to bowl, get out there to Bolden, and you're giving your guy, your best player, player a play where he's in kind of in space. Especially if they're in zone. Like mm-hmm. I trust Lynn Bowden to make a man miss and get the get to the sticks as much as I trust somebody to run a little comeback at six, you know, seven and yards with Rose too. You know, being a running back, it's going to be hard to get him in space. But when you can, I'll be interested to see, you know, how, what he can do in space because we've seen him kind of get out in the open field and the kind of damage he can do. Mm-hmm. So that's something I think we're going to see more is that running the running backs be involved in the passing game. All right. Well, this has been uh, – this was fun. This was a good episode. Number bit. three. Number three. How did it feel? Um, good. Uh, we'll get back to more position previews and whatnot next week because – the training camp grind. Uh, they're going to start shutting up here in about. We'll, we'll get we'll get probably two or three more solid interview sessions. We're going to have a scrimmage on Saturday where we'll hear from Stoops afterwards. Um, but they're going to start tightening up here for too long. Yep, it's going to happen. But then, hey, football season. Football's back, folks. We get to watch an actual football practice. How great is that? It's unbelievable. It really is. And you all are unbelievable for listening to Eleven Personnel. Subscribe rate review thank you for all of you all that did that last week yeah especially the person who we said got, that we got a lot of good feedback like it was kid to bear Brian. i will not confirm nor deny that <laughs> <laughs> great stuff folks we appreciate you all listening to 11 personnel we'll be back next week